Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Key to Success podcast. I'm your host, Terrell Key, and I'm back with another amazing episode. I have one of the first people that poured into me as like a speaker, like, I mean, like literally saw it in me from the beginning, reached out to me, allowed me to call her, ask her questions. And she's just been there, like uh, even put me in on like uh, like a, a interview, like an interview, I think, like with uh, Dr. Ibram Candy. There's all kinds of things just been pouring into me the entire time. Uh, she is the founder and lead consultant of Monarch Education Consultants, LLC. She's been an IPA, PD leader. I mean, chief of schools. Uh, you name it. We have Dr. Cheryl Watkins. <laughs> Thank you. you. I feel today? like running out onto the stage going, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? Yo, yo, yo. That's right. what I feel like. We got, we got her in the building. We got you her in the building. You pumped me up. That's wonderful. Thank you. How are you doing that. today? I am absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. Thankful to be alive. So I know you. But the people listening to this, they might not know who you are. Could you tell them a little bit about who you are, Dr. Watkins? I will. Um, yeah, thank you. I'm telling you, I'm still pumped up from the introduction. <laughs> uh, I am uh, the great, great granddaughter of Chet and Rebecca. I am the great granddaughter of Jerry and Lottie. I am the granddaughter of George and Clara the daughter of Henry and Jean, the sister to Donna, Diane, and Antoinette, the aunt to Kiomi, Reginald, Tyler, and the great aunt to Alyssa and DJ. I am a whole bunch of things, but I am truly honored to represent my family, my ancestors, each and every day of my life. Listen, I, for over 33 years, had the opportunity to be an educator. I'm still in education. Um, I retired last year after 33 years with Chicago Public Schools, and I retired as a network chief. And so I tell people who don't really understand that, um, that dynamic, that a network chief is really like a superintendent on steroids. I had 31 schools that I was responsible for, um, more than 11,000 students, 700 teachers, and 300 teacher assistants. So I've, I had a lot on my back. Um, I started out as a paraeducator, worked my way up to a special education teacher, was an administrator at central office, an instructional coach, um, assistant principal, principal. I started my own school to be a principal. And um, yeah, that, that's who I am. I'm an educator to and through. You have literally done it all in education, like everything. So, and you're still educating people. Like you educate me all the time. Like what are your whys? Like what pushes you to continue like to, to give to people? Yeah, so I am a servant leader. People, people throw that term around, but I am a servant leader. So I don't um, enjoy anything more than serving. So when I say, how may I help you? I mean, how may I help you? Um, what can I do to assist you to get from where you are from point A to point B, if indeed you're trying to get to point B. And if you don't even know that point B exists, I feel like it's my job to coach you to get to point B. So I am a servant leader. I'm. It, this is my ministry. 
Um, and so I have to give everything that's been given to me, that's been poured into me to other people. You don't keep your gifts. You don't keep what you have. So those gifts can be monetary. Those gifts can be physical, could be a variety of things, but you don't keep it. You give to other people and that's how you continue to grow. So as much as I've been given, I give back and then get some more and keep giving. So I am truly a servant leader and that's what drives me. I mean, that strongly resonates with me. Like literally, I kind of look at it like the 10 talents, you know what I mean? Like I can't just come back with 10, you know? Like I plan on coming back with hundreds, you know? I mean, I wanted to give everything that I have away. Yes. You know, just because I know, you know, like it can impact others and it could spark a light in other people. And it's just so, and to me, it's just so fun just to give things away. Yes. Um, just yes, rewarding. It so, is. so, I mean, you've been in education for 33 years. Like, how can you, how would you describe your journey? Like from your, your first year, you know, like bright eye, walking through the door until now, like where you're at now. Listen, let me tell you, it's actually been more than 33 years because um, I used to play school on the back porch of our building. When it rained, everybody would be freaking out because it was raining and I wanted it to rain because that meant my friends in the neighborhood and my sister would allow me to play school. So I would collect all the papers from my teachers, they'd give me all the extra papers that they had. And I would bring those home and stack them up and wait for a rainy day so that I could play school. So I've been doing this school thing for a long time. And um, when it came time for me to become a special ed teacher, it was just natural. It was natural for me. I wanted to teach. I wanted to teach those kids who didn't learn like I did. Um, Learning was very easy for me. I loved school, loved it. I love the chalk. I love the erasers. I love my teachers. Um, Everything about them, I just absolutely loved. So it just came naturally to me. When I uh, got my first teaching job, I walked into the room and thought, I can't believe I get to do this every day. I cannot believe this. I worked with kids with autism. So that was my specialty, Um, autism and then emotional behavioral disorders, students with emotional behavioral disorders. And so it was just, it was almost as if I understood everything that the kids with autism were doing, what they were not saying with verbal communication, but their nonverbal communication um, had a tremendous amount of success, some failures as well, Mm -hmm. but some successes with that and uh, just kept going. So uh, I never wanted to be anything other than a teacher. I wanted to be a teacher. When um, I went to my second school where I taught, the assistant principal said, you know, um, I think you should really go back to school and get your administrative certificate. And I said, oh, that's very kind, but no thanks. I just want to be a teacher. Uh, I didn't see myself doing anything other than teaching. And then um, opportunities started pouring in and um, I just started pursuing those and it snowballed to where I then became a supervisor of, of teachers and of schools and principals and assistant principals. And uh, yeah, it, it resulted in me becoming a, a chief of schools, which is one of the highest positions you can have in Chicago public schools. 
That's incredible. I guess some people just have teaching in them. My mom was like that. She uh she asked for a desk for Christmas. Like seriously, like when she was a kid, like she loved playing school. Like she yeah. loved it. Like that was always her thing. Yeah. Like, that's just interesting just to hear you say that. I'm like, and my mom loves teaching. <laughs> my fifth grade teacher and I, and actually I was supposed to call her today. Um, we still talk about teaching. She still tells me that I was different. And I'm like, yeah, different how? Uh, you know, <laughs> so we, we talk about that. Um, so yeah, she said it was just natural. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of touched on it already. Um, did, like, how did it work? Like that process work with encouraging uh, you to lead? Like who, you said it was your first, like a principal that encouraged you to step out in a leadership role. Like yes. what was it like? How did he tap you? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I was new to the school. I had uh, transferred schools and um, I came to work early every day um, because I'm an early riser and I like to get things orderly and, you know, structured in my classroom. Um, you know, everything I needed, I just took care of. And uh, he called me into his office and actually I thought I was in trouble. I thought I had done something. Um, that I wasn't supposed to do. I didn't know what it could have been, but I was really concerned. And I remember walking into his office and he started talking to me about pursuing administration. And I said, wow, why did he do that? I, I, I didn't see it. I just thought, you know, I'm coming to work every day. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I can even tell you what I wore that day because it was just, it, it's, just it's just etched in my mind. Little did I know that he was about to become the principal and wanted me to be the assistant principal. Well, things happen, I believe, the way that they're supposed to happen. And um, I just, you know, kept teaching and, you know, just really trying my best to encourage kids and to pour into them and, you know, really took um, took a, 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 an invested role in making sure that they could read and write and, and, and solve simple math equations. That was my goal. But um, I also poured into them. And so social emotional learning was not called social emotional learning at that time. Um, it was just motivational. So taught them some skills, pumped them up a little bit. And I'll tell you, they're thriving right now. Um, so yeah, it just kind of happened. Uh, he, he poured into me, he planted that seed. And then as I continued to move forward, other people said, you should be an administrator. And uh, and I pursued it, and yeah, the rest is history. Wow, that is incredible. So you've seen so much in education, um, just over the years. Just you know, if it was one thing you could just snap your finger and change in education, what would it be? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I believe that every child should have a second language. Mm. I would love to see that funded without hesitation across, not just the state, but across the country. Um, the more you are able to communicate with people who don't look like you, the more that gap is bridged from the unknown to the known. And I just, I want that to happen. When I was a principal, um, people, I mean, I started my own school so I could write whatever curriculum I wanted to write. Um, we had Mandarin. That was our language. So parents said, well, why are you choosing Mandarin? You know, there aren't very many Asian students in the school. And I said, yeah, exactly. That's the point. Because later on, 
when your child gets through with college, they're gonna have Mandarin as their foundation and they'll be able to engage with people on a global level. And that's what we want. And so they asked me, why not Spanish? And I said, yeah, it's very, very popular. We've got a lot of Latino students in our school. Has your child tried to befriend them? Because if they had, they'd have some Spanish words. They'd have some content, some vocabulary. Um, they didn't mess with me anymore. Right. They went ahead with the Mandarin and uh, some of my students were successful, went into high school and um, speaking Mandarin and loved it and are excelling again right now. Yeah. That is incredible. Um, one of the byproducts of learning another language is that you get better in English. I, I agree. I mean, and I became a better writer. Like I fully understood like the language, like English a lot more just from learning some of the basic things in another language kind of helps you kind of refresh some of the things that you learned early on in like first and second grade. So it, I, I, I like that idea. Yes, conjugating verbs. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yes. Subject verb agreement. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I know like you you have a book, like you, you're doing all these incredible speeches and like you did an incredible job at Collinsville. Um, just want to tell everybody listening, like I knew she was a star right away. Um, <laughs> when I, like seriously, I literally knew she was a star. It was just obvious. Um, so can you tell everybody, what do you have coming up next? Oh my goodness, there are several things. Listen, um, I am in seminary and I'm not sure that a lot of people know that I would like to become a chaplain in a hospital. And um, it really did stem from the time uh, my mother had a brief stay, several brief stays um, in hospitals while she was battling Alzheimer's. And a chaplain um, walked alongside my sisters and I very quietly, um, invisibly, because we knew she was there waiting for us just in case we needed her um, to support us. And so my goal is to become a chaplain in a hospital um, in, in one of two hospital settings. One for patients who are experiencing um, the last days of their lives as elderly patients, um, or patients who are medically fragile as children. So mm. um, that's my goal to become a chaplain. And I am in seminary, so I'm enjoying that. It's a challenge, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, the other things are around books. I am trying my best to get another uh, proposal done to submit uh, so that I can write my second book. Okay. Um, the first one is around Alzheimer's and what my sisters and I did to take care of our mom. So it's part memoir and part um, informational text, self-help. Um, yeah, you get me pouring my heart out about that battle, about that walk. And um, then you get some, here's some tips. Here's what we learned along the way. Hopefully you can embrace some of that. Um, but the other book will be around education. Mm -hmm. So I don't mind telling people that there are three questions I ask of everyone in regard to what they're doing. And so Terrell, I can ask you the same thing is whatever you're doing right now, is it your best? The second question is, can you do better? And so let me pause right there. And I see your head nodding up and down, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever you're doing, you might think it's your best, but really it isn't. Mm -hmm. And so the answer has to be, no, it's not my best because I can do things differently. I can add something to that, 
And so can you do better? And the absolute answer each and every time must be yes, I can do better. And then the third question is, if it's not your best and you can do better, then what are you prepared to do? So those three questions anchor my conversations, not just professional conversations, but personal conversations. And um, as a way to plant the seed for self-reflection. So an introspection, let me, let me go through the coffers of my mind Mm -hmm. and see if I'm really doing my best and if I can improve and do better. Um, so that 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 book is being written right now, you so, know, and that's one of the marks of I'm sorry, of successful people, you know, like that accountability piece, like where you look at yourself, you look in the mirror and you ask yourself, um, what can I do to make my situation better? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Jackson's song Man in the Mirror mm-hmm. uh, is powerful and means more to me now than it did before. I loved it before. I really, really love it now. Um, especially the at the place we are as a society. Um, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make that change, right? Yeah, make that change. Yeah. And so um, it, it's important for us to uh, be truthful to ourselves as we look in the mirror and own up to the fact that we are or are not doing what we could to make the changes that we want to see. So that the, the next book is all about that. Yeah, I always tell myself, you know, sometimes like you look left and right, you look for like a lead or a person to make change in the world. And then sometimes there's no one next to you and that person is you. Like you got to step out there and do it. Yeah, uh, Nike says, just do it, right? Mm -hmm. So I tell people all the time, pull a Nike. Mm -hmm. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Exactly. You know, the the worst, people think the worst thing that can happen is that you fail. Mm-hmm. But that's not the worst thing. No. The worst thing that can happen is two years later, you say, I really I wish that. I wish. I had the opportunity and I didn't. I, blew I didn't it. do it. That's the worst thing that can happen. Mm-hmm. Doing it, just putting yourself out there, just making the effort is the best thing that you can do. Just like in the Bronx tale, the worst thing in life is wasted talent. <laughs> Wasted talent, Colodro. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like wasted talent. Not, me too. Me too. Same. Yes. yes. Wasted talent. Like you wasted don't want to waste it. Yeah. Don't waste it. Don't you dare. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So, so for everybody listening, what's the name of your first book so that they can go out and buy it? They need to go buy that book. Buy the book. Absolutely. Buy it out the shelves. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, it is um, releasing her wrestling peace from the jaws of alzheimer's wow yes that sounds so deep that sounds so deep it is it is a great book um it is definitely a tribute to my mother and um you get a little bit of history about my mom who she was how she and my dad met uh i created a story my grandmother told me one story my mother said that's not true and uh, then I had to come up with my own, that use my own imagination and come up with a story. Um, but then you get uh, some really serious stories about my mom, again, um, who she was, the things that she did, her bravery. My mother was one of the strongest, toughest women I ever knew. Um, you know, my dad let her be who she was, but my mother, that's how she raised us. I have three sisters. So she raised us to be strong women. 
And uh, having her as a role model is, I just don't know any other role model I could have, um, you know, to prepare me for this thing called life. So I get to talk about my mom and share some things about her and share some, some, some of her wisdom and some things that my sisters and I gained as we were going through this experience. So yeah, it's available on Amazon. And if you go to my website, uh, CherylDWatkins.com, you can get the interviews that I've done, uh, some of the shows that I've been on. Yeah, so those links are live. Yeah, I'll post that in the uh, the, the description for this video for everyone. Perfect. And I just want to tell you, your mom did one heck of a job. I mean, like, because you are everything, like you embody everything that you just said about your mother. That is so wonderful. Thank you so much for that. I have enjoyed being my mother's daughter. Um, mm -hmm. People always told me um, that I was her mini me. And I'm like, that's such a, a high compliment. And uh, I'm happy to be her mini me. Well, I know she's proud of you, seriously. I tried to make her proud, I did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you were talking to a 21 year old Dr. Watkins, right? And you're just looking back in time. What would you tell her your keys to success were? Wow, that is, <laughs> I think someone asked me this before and to be quite honest, I'm like 21, what the heck was I doing at 21? Mm -hmm. um, at 21, I was stressing about life, about my future. Like what, what am I gonna do? Like, you know, will I be successful? All of those kinds of things. Um, I, would, I would say to myself, calm down. It's gonna be okay. That's, that's one thing. I'd also tell myself, stop procrastinating, right? Just do it. I would have used that Nike slogan, just do it, just get it done. Don't worry about who's not gonna like it. Don't worry about who's gonna look at you funny, just do it. Um, and then the third thing would be, yeah, your mom is right. She's, she's your best friend. Uh, I, would, I would speak that into my ear, so yes. And that would that would help that would have calmed me down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why like why do you think we put so much pressure on ourselves when we're 21 and just know everything that we're gonna do and who we're gonna be? Like why like what do you think that is? Like why do we do this to ourselves? Yeah, I think um, it has a lot to do with my with my ancestors, right? Um, I love family history, and so ancestry.com is one of my favorite um, places to visit. Mm -hmm. Exactly, right? And so I think about the the way that they suffered, what they didn't have and how they made a way out of no way. And I feel like I owe it to them. I absolutely owe it to them to be my best self and um, to pave the way for someone else. They sacrificed for us. So I owe it to them to do the exact same thing, to work hard and to really, really appreciate what I've been given. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I literally said that one time, like I'm like literally standing on the back of, back of my ancestors, like I couldn't have any of these things. And I just listened to these stories of how great these people were, like despite the times, like all the things that they've accomplished. And there's literally no excuse for me not to to give it my best to make a way for the people that come after me. And then um, you said like, you know, like they made a way out of nowhere. I just made an episode titled that because of, I went to the National Black History Museum and DC and like that, like that's in there. They made a way out of nowhere. And I, I think that is literally like the story of our people. Like when there was no way, we literally made a way. And I mean, it's just so powerful to me 
just going through like that journey. Have you been there yet? I have not. You need to go. You need to go. And you start in the basement and you see how there was no way. And then you kind of go up and then it turns into the celebration. And then it's our food and our culture and our singers and our our, our athletes and our military service. Like like, it's crazy. It's It's such an emotional ride. Like you have to go. Yes. There and there's a music museum in Tennessee and Nashville that I'm uh, dying to get to as well. So, mm-hmm. yes, those are on my list. Gotta go. I'm going back uh, in February. So, like, you know, like, so, so there's like this. So, since I won like state council of the year or whatever, like, we all go to DC. That yeah. is the first place I'm stopping. And I'm going to spend like six hours there. Like, <laughs> oh, I love it. That's right. right. Yeah. Totally. So, you'll, you'll be able to geek out. I love that. I know it. I'm such a nerd. It's yeah, so I am too. Right. I am too. I love that stuff. I do. I love Me it. Me too. Me too. Very good. Very good. Yeah. So Dr. Watkins, where can the people listen? Where can they follow you? I know we have your website, which you shouted out, ShirleyWatkins.com. And then yeah. where can they follow you on social media? Yeah. So I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, I love now. I love Facebook. I understand Facebook. I have time <laughs> for, for Facebook. Um, so please find me on Facebook. I'm there all the time. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I'm on those social media platforms. So please find me. Yes, Every, Watkins, that's fi- me. Find her. Trust yes. me. I mean, like she is one of the <laughs> movers and shakers in education. So definitely find her. And then uh, for everyone, like I'm going to put the uh, her links down in the comment, the link for the book, the link for our websites down in like the comment. What is it called? I'm new to uh, YouTube, the description box. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yes. going to put it down there. And yes. then then everybody, please like, comment and subscribe to the channel. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. Oops.